It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Join me for insightful conversations and interviews about our cattle industry. Here we discuss the shared struggles and successes of this life we've chosen as ranchers. Here, we seek to learn from the experts around us, eager to grow and challenge the accepted. Here we are, the Black Hereford Chronicles. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to take just a second and reflect a little bit on the previous interview that I did with Ernie Dominguez. He mentioned that members might be following along with the board of directors meeting minutes and have some questions from the things that they are seeing in there. And I thought a lot about that comment and decided that it was worth pointing out that there are no minutes for members to follow along with. On the association website, those have not been updated since November of last year. And that same can be said for the financial statements. So I don't know how else members are supposed to be aware of what the board is talking about, of the things that they're working on of really what those people that we all elected to represent us within the association are doing. And I I think it's really important to highlight that for just a minute and for us as members to dwell on that because so many of those current board of director members ran specifically on a platform of transparency. I don't know if you'll remember, but a few years ago, There was a big push that we needed a transparent board, that the members who were registering these cattle had the right to know what was going on with the association, what the board was talking about, what they were doing. And they were 100 percent right. Right. We, We do need to know that. But that's not what we've been given. Instead, the minutes, which used to be fairly robust, are now action item only when you can get them, right? If you wanted to see them right now, you would have to specifically send an email and request them. They used to be posted on the website. You have to log in with your member stuff, but you had access to that stuff. But that has since gone away. You can only get those from last November and back. And that certainly doesn't sound very transparent. In this episode, I brought back another returning guest, Mark Ibsen, to talk about a topic that was also mentioned in the last episode, Whole herd reporting. Mark serves on the ABHA Board of Directors and has been appointed to head up the task force on whole herd reporting. So we talked about the whys and hows and also addressed some of the concerns and possible stumbling blocks to a whole herd system. Let's dig in. I've been telling you about Peter's Farm Black Herfords for a while now. Have you checked them out yet? Peter's Farm has a philosophy of hardy bulls docile cows, and sturdy calves. They're working to make Black Herefords the breed of the future, starting from the ground up with excellent F1s and pushing for constant growth and improvement from there. They have some heifers available, so make sure you head over to Peter's Farm Black Herefords, all one word, dot com, and see what they've got going. You can also give Bobby a call at 704 928 8458. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Herford Chronicles. I've brought in what we could probably call a frequent guest at this point. Uh, Mark Ibsen is back on and we're going to 
tackle a specific issue. For those of you guys that have listened to the previous episode with the ABHA Executive Director Ernie Dominguez, he mentioned in that uh, hold herb reporting and that the board had formed a task force to kind of look at whole herd reporting and, and see if it might be a good fit for our breed. And I know there's a lot of questions around that and some angst and, and just some confusion in general. So I thought we might as well bring Mark on since he's heading up that task force and kind of dig into what that is and what that might look like for the breed. So Mark, Welcome. Thanks for agreeing to come back on. I should mention here real quick, actually, that I dragged Logan in for this one, too, just because whole herd reporting is something that he has felt pretty passionately about for some time now. And so I know he's excited to have an opinion. I know. Shocking. Logan wouldn't have an opinion, but he's excited to have an opinion on this one. Um, So I figured he might be able to contribute some interesting things as well. But Mark, why don't you kind of start us off um, with why the board decided to discuss this and where you're at in the discussion right now. Okay. First off, thanks for having me out and having me on here. Uh, I will expect my frequent flyer miles to be updated. (laughs) So uh, anyway, whole herd reporting. The board decided at the uh, annual meeting that this was an important topic and that we should explore it. And Rod asked if I would head it up since I participate in not only the Hereford Association whole herd reporting program, but also in the Angus Maternal Plus program. Um, And I'm a firm believer in the importance that it brings not only to the herd, but to to the breed. So where we are at right now in the process is we have been talking with with representatives from other breeds who are participating in whole herd reporting. Uh, We've had the executive director for the National uh, or North American Limousine Association on with us. We've had Leoma Wells, who spearheaded it for the Simmental Association, on with us. Uh, We're going to talk with representatives from uh, the Hereford Association. and we're and then we've we've kind of done a little of our own research with some of the other breeder uh, breeds. Well, I imagine breed. we've got a, quite a few members that are also members of AHA, and so anyone participating in the Hereford Association should be familiar with whole herd reporting because they are one hundred percent whole herd. Correct. Correct. It is a mandatory pro- program, but. That still is kind of a misleading statement because you do not have to participate in whole herd reporting with with the AHA. You can opt to be a a pedigree breeder only, and uh, but it is mandatory if you want EPD. So they kind of tie your hands to that. But that program's been in 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 place since two thousand and one, and I've got to admit, I was the biggest uh, person. I, I made the biggest stink of the whole breed, I think, in, when they went to it. I thought that it was going to kill the breed. I thought it was a money-making scheme. Um, I really fought the whole concept. And after being on it for a while, um, man, I've changed my mind. It, it's helped me and my herd. Uh, along uh, it's a great program so let me dive into what whole what is whole herd reporting basically it's a very simple approach to data collection for the benefit of every breeder participating and for the breed itself and that's simply it we already uh, report data or most breeders report data on all their calves uh, and that's the that's the simplest way to uh, identify it uh, it identifies the genetic differences between individuals within the breed. Uh, so first, in order to do that, we first have got to identify those differences within the herd. And then uh, we can identify those within the breed. So um, very simple process. Uh, right now, we are bound and determined as a committee that this is going to be a voluntary 
uh, system. If you don't want to participate in it, that's not a problem. We want you to, to feel comfortable in what data that you can collect and what data you can can submit. So we're not going to twist anybody's arms. We're not going to threaten to take EPDs away. We're not going to do any of that. It's there for the person to benefit themselves. Now, we will make incentives to uh, participate. Um, most likely, we'll be in the uh, area of, of cost, uh, making it a little cheaper uh, to do business with the association if you do participate, because we do need that data. It's very important all the way across. So let's let's start off with where on that line, real quick, Mark. Um, have you guys talked about doing badges like uh, Angus has their Maternal Plus designation, or Hereford has their Gold and Silver TPR uh, badges? Is that something that's come up? Um, yes and no. We, we've talked briefly about it, but we haven't delved into you know we haven't got into it that far. We'll probably have some kind of a designation that will show up on. Uh, your pedigrees that will uh, designate that you're a participant in the whole herd reporting process. Okay. Uh, the, the biggest thing right now is getting our costs down or getting, getting the costs laid out of what, uh, how we're going to uh, bill it because there's several different ways. And, and before we muddy the water with any of that stuff, uh, we're a long ways from that. Uh, we have several options. And so uh, I would rather talk about the process itself. And then as we uh, progress through our, our um, committee work, uh, we'll get that figured out and find out what the best uh, way is. I've talked to a lot of breeders and there's several ideas, several people that like one way, several like the other way. Um, so rather than, than go into that, let's, let's talk about the process itself. So, Whole herd reporting starts with your cow inventory. Your your build off of your cow inventory instead of um, instead of your registrations. And uh, in order to do that, we've got to have a current. Every breeder's got to have a current inventory. So that's where it starts. Now with digital beef, it's a little more difficult to clean up your inventory. So if you're thinking that you might be interested in, in participating in this, I would start right now in cleaning up that inventory. It will not only help us later on down the road in, in de uh, deciding how we're going to, what our costs are going to be. It also helps, uh, the association, because we're charged from digital beef by our inventory number. So those cows that are no longer within the breed need to be gone anyway. Um, so, and it's a, it's with digital beef, it's a little longer uh, process than some of the other breeds. So you're going to have to do one cow at a time. And, and that's why I suggest starting it now. But um, the reason the cow inventory is important is because basically, uh, You've got to report data on every cow in your herd, whether or not the cow has a calf or a reason why the cow does not have a calf. That's it's as simple as just reporting that that you lost the calf or that she was open or that you moved her to a different season or that you're making her a donor cow. Whatever that is, there will be a drop-down box that will give you a disposal reason or a reason for not reporting data. And that's that's all that, that happens there. Um, it's very simple, very straightforward, and, and it's all based on that cow inventory. So any, any other thing, any questions you have at that point? I think that that's pretty clear. Okay, so um, when you move past there, why is whole herd reporting important? Because it is a data collection. Data drives everything within the genetic evaluation. Uh, total herd reporting is a tool for breed improvement that most major breeds in the U.S. offer or, or they require it. 
within their breed association. It requires unbiased data reporting. And by instead of charging on the registration cost structure, you get charged on the inventory uh, basis of your cow herd. And um, it goes from there. Uh, it requires no additional work. It's uh, for the growth and performance of all traits. It, the reporting uh, generates huge amounts of data that we otherwise uh, don't get. So uh, that's why that's why to me it's important. It increases the accuracies of our EPDs. It takes the bias out of an EPD, and it gives your genetically superior calves the recognition that they deserve as being uh, for having that superior performance. Total I'm curious, herding. do you feel like there's a decent number of breeders that are currently close to that whole herd reporting level right now? Or is this going to be a, a massive influx of data that we see come in when people start participating in this? I think there are breeders out there that are that are absolutely doing this on their own right now. There's a section that are reporting uh, a portion of the registered calves. And then I think there's a portion that that's not not reporting much data at all. Um, where we're going to gain our most benefit is those that are reporting um, either just their registered calves or a portion of their registered calves. In other words, if they have 10 calves and they only want to register five, then there's five that don't get registered and it skews the data. It It really hurts the breeder more than it as much as it hurts the breed itself and so that's where we're going to pick up the extra data is is uh those that it's going to require you to to report data on all your calves and not just that top superior end yeah i agree with you mark um our position always has been that we report every calf and register almost every calf so i i expect that uh, you know based on what the board decides fee structure wise that our uh, average cost per registered calf is going to go down. But uh, there's a lot of people that are, haven't been reporting everything. So they might see some increased fees possibly. Possibly. Um, but not very benefit by a lot by getting a lot more data from the rest of those herds. Yes. We're, we're, we're trying or our main goal is to make it an incentive cost wise if you uh give your get your whole inventory down whether or not you register every calf or not um is up to that person but we're going to try to keep this as as close to cost neutral or below cost to give the the breeder the incentive of, of participating and uh it you know when i said very little work mostly it's keeping your cow inventory current and reporting those calves that the weights on those calves that that maybe you didn't register uh, whether a breeder registers all his calves or not is not the critical piece it's whether it, it we need the data on all those calves that are born so let's just take an example let's say you have 10 calves and uh the adjusted weaning weight on those 10 calves would be 625 pounds. So you're, uh, but yet you only report data on five calves. So now your new adjusted weight is at 675. So what you've done is you've made that top end look closer to average. You've made that middle portion of those calves look below average. And then you've made uh, the other calves look far below average, so it it hurts you. It's the little the the bottom end calves are are just as important as the top end calves in genetic evaluations, mm -hmm. and that's the that's the thing that we need to 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 get our breeders to uh, recognize and to understand. 
So uh, what kind of impact do you see this having on our overall accuracy? Um, as far as as far as so if you don't report your bottom end calves, you're you're going to um, give a bias of your on your data. Therefore, your accuracies are going to be less than accurate. Uh, your EPDs are going to be less than accurate. And and so it, it just kind of is a snowballing effect. Uh, I don't know how much it's going to increase or decrease that. I don't I don't think anybody could project that until we get into it and, and go from there. But um, it does definitely uh, increase the accuracies of your of your herd. It also goes along with your genomics. So um, when you do your your uh, genomics on your calves, it's the phenotype data that feeds the genomics. So your genomic EPDs, uh, the genomic enhanced EPDs are going to be lower by not supplying all of the phenotype data. And that's been proven and and supported across many breeds and through many articles and through science itself. So um, again, it's it's simply report all your data. We have a stayability EPD now that we're with IGS and some other ones that are really good. But for improving the accuracy of the stayability uh, EPD, whole herd reporting is an absolute must so that we can show how long a cow has been in production, if she's still having calves, how many calves she missed over the years, if any. Uh, all that kind of stuff is very important for that particular EPD. Yes, it, it's vital. That's So your disposal code on your cows is what drives the, the stability EPD. The length of time that your cow has stayed in the herd has been proven to be the most profitable thing that a rancher has right now. So as we can increase that prediction and increase the accuracy of our stability, then we can uh, prove that that our breed is is relevant and is important and that we have value within the cattle industry. That all comes again from your disposal code on your cows. Um, it's a very simple drop down box. You select why you dispose of that cow. Uh, we will have uh, disposal codes that we think are, are important to the Black Herford breed. We're not going to copy just one breed or the other. We've seen several uh, examples. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna try to make it as as simple and easy as we possibly can. It's calving season at JH Cattle, and everyone is already feeling the excitement over this year's calf crop. Make sure you are following them on Facebook so that you can see the calves out of lines like JCR Sonic Crush, PLC Red Killer, and JCR Double Trust Cat 107. These are the calves that you're gonna want to keep an eye on over the next few months and get a preview of where the ribbons will be going in the coming years. Todd would love to chat about what's in the works down there in Tennessee, so give him a call at 423-302-8054 or shoot him an email at jhcblackherford, all one word, at gmail.com. So do you guys have a timeline that you're working under right now? No. No, we're taking this... We meet once a month and discuss what we would like to see. We've heard from, from other breeds. Uh, we're going to talk with Digital Beef and uh, get their input on what they can and cannot do, what they recommend. I know they they support several other breeds that, that do whole herd reporting, so it is uh, a possible situation. It's not something that we're going to ask them to do just for us. They have breeds that have mandatory uh, whole herd reporting, and they have breeds who have volunteered uh, whole herd reporting. So it's nothing new to them, but we're going to talk to them and find out uh, what they want us to do, and then we're going to sit down and formulate the uh, requirements 
And so I anticipate it will be well into next year before we are, are close to rolling this out. Um, we want to make sure that we cross every T and dot every I and, and make it as ready to go as what we possibly can before we roll it out. Well, do you mind if I jump into some of the questions that we saw pop up on the Chronicles Facebook page? You bet. Let's tackle them. Okay. And then I would also encourage anybody, if you didn't see that post or if you're not following the Black Herford Chronicles and you have questions about whole reporting that we don't go over here, hop on there and there's no reason we can't keep the discussion going. I know that there are committee members that are um, watching that particular feed and paying attention to the questions that get asked there so that the committee can look at them. So if you have more questions after this, please post them up there. But I thought um, there was a great, great question on there about minimum numbers. You know, we had Leoma Wells on a while back and she talked about how a contemporary group in order to be done correctly should be multi-sire. Is there going to be any kind of connection with that? And, you know, the size of a minimum number of cattle in either those contemporary groups or in an operation as a whole in order for that data to count. Okay, through IGS, in order for data to be used, it has to be a, a minimum number of two head and it has to be, there has to be two sires represented. For all EPDs to work, there has to be comparison. That's the only way that it works. That's not a, that's, it's really not a IGS rule or a Black Hereford rule or a Red Hereford rule. It is, it is the way it, it works. You have to have comparison. So that, that in itself is the, is the basic numbers. If you have two head and two sires, your information will get will go into the evaluation. Now, that's not saying that if you have two head and only one sire, that that would not go in to affect uh, your whole herd reporting. It will help your herd, and it may not change your EPD values, but it will be uh, will go into uh, and and help your herd itself. It also gives them a basis that. So EPDs are based off of a lot of things. They're not just based off of that one individual. It's based off of, of brothers and sisters. Uh, it's based off of uh, generations of, of cattle within that family line. And so when you submit data on your animals, you may be affecting somebody else's animals down the line. But to be a proper... Proper contemporary group, you've got to have two animals with two sires. Okay, so another person brought up a concern that sometimes they calve in December, sometimes it's January. And so with the current AHA system, they're getting hit every time that switches back and forth with a charge for changing their calving seasons. So that one's, that one's a, is a, going to be a difficult one to tackle um, we we may have to base uh, our calving seasons a little bit different uh, we may have to offset them we'll have to see um, where the majority of, of breeders would like that to be that's a, that's for a committee discussion probably all in its own uh, I can see the situation knowing the AHA program I can see where you have to bounce them from from one season to the next, and every time you do that, there's there's confusion, and and uh, it's not the the best thing to do. So, um, we want breeders to participate. Uh, we just got to figure out how we're going to incorporate that into it. But it's that's a good question, and and it's a, a great concern that we're going to have to look at very deeply before we do anything. So just to throw this out there, the way that uh, Angus Association has uh, taken care of that problem is that you sign up for the season that you have the most cattle in, but right. you can still um, run your entire herd through that season. You just have to report on the cow every year. So 
the majority of ours is fall calving. And we had, last year we had five, we had six spring calving uh, Angus cows. Um, I just put them in with the fall calving herd and um, reported their calves as yearlings instead of, uh, um, or put reported calves as newborns instead of uh, weaned calves out of the fall herd. So there's just a different approach to, of doing it as opposed to what the Hereford does with where you have to declare different times of the year and stuff. Yeah, there's 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 always some some way that we can make things work. We've just got to figure out what's going to be the best, whether we follow the Angus example. I know in my own herd with the with the Herefords, we're fall calvers also. Um, but I fall into that old category. Of if a cow slips a little bit in calving interval, I think, oh, she's a good cow. I'll I'll keep her and catch her up next year. And pretty soon I got a couple November, December calves and I just report them in their own contemporary group and, and, uh, we work through it. And, and as long as, as long as there's a, uh, calf reported or data reported or a reason reported, uh, within a 365 day window, it qualifies for both breeds to, to that you're compliant. So we can work around it. We just got to figure out what's the best way to do it. So I think one of the biggest questions that you're going to get, you guys are nowhere near being able to answer yet. And that's about the fee schedule. And it makes sense that you aren't there yet. But I guess kind of as a broader way to address some of the questions around that would just be to ask if the committee or the board is looking at this as an additional revenue generator for the association or is the goal less revenue and more just data collection right now the 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 goal within the committee and and again this is all in a committee level um we have several board members that are on the committee but it is on a committee level um so it is it's still in the development stage but no it is not a revenue generating stream that is that is a myth we we are going to uh, do everything that we can to keep it cost neutral, or those who participate, uh, it will be less money. Uh, we're, that's revenue uh, generation is not our goal. It's it's data collection. So how does this differ from the current performance breeder program that we have? Okay, I'm I'm gonna go out on the limb here and, and maybe make some people mad. The current performance. Welcome program, to the Black Herford Chronicles, Mark. <laughs> oh, I'll 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 blame this all on you when we're all done. <laughs> so the current program that we have now is a good program. Don't get me wrong, but it is you report ninety percent of your of your in order to be considered a performance breeder, you have to present or uh, submit 90% of your data, weaning data, on those calves that you register. So if you're a breeder who registers all of their calves, you still have 10% of those calves that don't have to have data in order to be a performance breeder. Now, there's many breeders out there who don't register 90 or 100 percent of their calves so let's say you register uh 80 percent of your calves and of that 80 percent that's registered you only have to register you only have to report data on 90 percent of that we need the data on those calves that are not registered or are not that 10 extra 10 percent that's not required we need a hundred percent data to make uh, this work and to make our EPDs as reliable and as accurate as we can. And that's the bottom line is we need all the data. So could you sum that up by saying performance breeders more about registrations, whereas whole herd reporting is about data? Um, I, I would sum it up as Performance Breeders is a is a very good program 
to prepare us to move to the next step of whole herd reporting. I'd love to ask you about your own journey with this. When AHA switched to whole herd reporting, I would have been in high school. So I definitely have no comparison to make. So I'd love to hear you talk about what it's done for your program with your Herefords and why it is that you feel like it's it's such a worthwhile venture. Well, let me let me take you back a little bit. Um, so I'm old enough that I remember when we did not have EPDs. Uh, and and the EPDs uh, just got introduced. So uh, we had producers that didn't register or that didn't weigh calves at all back in those days. Uh, we didn't have DNA testing. We didn't have computers. We didn't have um, all the all the the scientific tools that we have at our disposal now. How how did you live? How I don't know. Uh, we walked to school uphill five miles a day, both directions. Both directions, okay. And and so, genetics and breeding cattle have grown so far and so fast that we've gone from uh, in herd ratios to EPDs to genomics to whole herd reporting, and it all goes hand hand in hand. Your genomics rely on the phenotypic data that gets submitted in order for them to be accurate. And so it's all tied together. So uh, back in 2001, we had EPDs. We were asked to record and send in data on just those calves that we registered. Um, And that was it. And when they asked us to start doing what we're asking our breeders to do right now, I thought the world had come to an end. I I thought that it's just this is this is just another scheme to generate money. And um, after participating in it for a while, there's there's two things that have helped me more than anything else in furthering my breeding law or my herd law: whole herd reporting and genomic testing. And I found that if I do run genomics on my cows and my heifers, and I use that as a tool, I'm finding that my heifers now, my my two-year-olds, my three-year-olds, and my four-year-olds on our just-winged bull calves had our highest ratio in calves of our Angus herd. And and I I credit all of that to whole herd reporting and being able to to have a more accurate EPD to base my selections off of. So uh, that's why I'm sold on whole herd reporting. Is it it's it all goes hand in hand and it all increases those accuracies. Um, the genomics itself, as we know, allows a younger animal to have. Uh, data that almost an entire lifetime of data on her and, and the accuracies of an animal that has had a lifetime of data submitted before she ever has her first calf. And that way I can see and my and my buyers can see uh, the the importance of of how how accurate and how reliable those EPDs are, and they can base their selections off of them. So I guess the last one that I would ask you to address is something that I actually hear pretty frequently from Angus breeders when we're discussing whether or not they participate in the whole herd reporting program or not, because it's voluntary there, which I know is what the ABHA is talking about doing here as well. And it's a concern that it's just going to be a ton more clerical work. Okay, you've done it both ways with multiple breeds. Can you address that concern? Uh, the biggest, the, the hardest and the biggest part of, of getting enrolled in, in whole herd reporting is to get your cow herd or your cow inventory current and correct. 
And you're always going to want to keep that inventory correct because that's how you're getting billed. So once you get that to a current status, it's very easy. Um, and it's it's just a matter of running every calf over the scale. It's a matter of of uh, of building proper contemporary groups. Whether you have to split your your uh, group in two to to make it a a better contemporary group is up to the breeder. The bigger it, it's no secret. The bigger the contemporary group, the better the data is. But if you only have ten cows and five of them are bulls, and their bulls are born within 90 days, and they're treated the same way under the same environment and the same management, that's a proper contemporary group. So it's really not any harder than what you would be doing or what we're asking you to do as a performance breeder, other than just reporting on all of your calves instead of just a select few. Something I would want to hit on too that I'm not sure it's got brought up, but it's one of those ones that I like to hammer on all the time. And that Ernie and I talked about a fair bit is that in my mind, because I like the marketing side of this, so I always kind of see that aspect to things. This is another notch in the belt for legitimacy of our breed. You know, that's something that we're constantly addressing. And we know that our competitors are doing this. And that the serious customers will expect data that is backed up by a whole herd reporting system. So I I just appreciate that aspect of it. I I do too. I I'm a, a data person. I I like spreadsheets, I like comparisons, I like to see what I'm doing. I think I have a pretty good eye for cattle but i go out as the calves are coming across the scale there's there's three or four of us working that day uh my wife's recording the weights and we're all chipping in what we think that calf may weigh and as as much as i think i have a good eye i've, I've never hit one right on yet and so it's important that you get the accurate data off of when you weigh those calves and you submit it so that you can give it. I, I just read an article. I want to kind of highlight some points. This is by Jamie Corder, a PhD. It was in the March Hereford World magazine, and it states, each bull that leaves your operation is a representation of you as a producer, your brand, and the overall breed. What better way to add insurance to each animal than ensuring the EPDs used to market that bull are as accurate as possible? There are multiple pieces of information that can help increase the power behind your EPDs, including genomic profiles, whole herd reporting, and phenotypic profiling. There's been several articles written on the value of genomic testing that, brings, that, that it brings to an EPD. The bottom line is that it provides information on the evaluation that would otherwise take years of progeny reporting. The power behind any prediction comes from the volume of genotypes with the corresponding phenotypes or data reported. The genetic evaluation works best when it has a full picture of the herd, how the herd is performing. Genomic testing aside, even a producer who su submits only phenotype information on their whole herd will see the impact of that data in the accuracy of their EPD predictions. This reporting combined with genotype information provided the, uh, provides the evaluation for much better understanding of the relationship among the cattle within the herd as well as the breed overall. The power of genomics to the evaluation will never eliminate the need for phenotype reporting. The impact of genomics on an EPD is a direct result of the quality and the volume of phenotypes reported for any given trait. And as I read that, I thought, man, I couldn't have read that at any better time since you'd asked me to do this. 
I thought this this kind of just falls right into place of what we're do doing. So it, 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 it's it's a quiver full of tools that we use to better ourselves as a breeder, better ourselves as we market our cattle, and better ourselves as we grow as a breed. And if we do all three of those things, we can become relevant within this cattle industry. But we've got to have the accuracies that people can depend on to make us give us that relevance. And, and so that's why I feel that it's so important that we progress and do that. Now, if, if somebody doesn't want to do it, that's fine. We, we accept that and we value that person as a breeder just as much as the person who submits all of their data. It's just up to that individual. We're not going to twist arms. We're not going to, we're going to, we're going to appreciate every breeder that's within this breed. But we do encourage them to participate as much as they're uh, able to do. And uh, let's see what we can make of this breed. It's it's a great breed. I'm excited about it more so than I am with the other two breeds that we uh, currently have. So the board may need to take, you know, a very vocal stance of voluntarism and offering both. And that's something that I value. It's something that I talked about with Ernie. I think one size fits all solutions really don't work out. However, that doesn't mean that I can't use my platform to go ahead and say that I think that breeders should highly, highly consider participating in a whole herd reporting program. To me, this is kind of a, a put up or shut up moment. You know, we've been through multiple EPD programs at this point. Gosh, I think probably four since we've been in Black Herefords in our operation. And every time there's this just kind of frustration breed wide with accuracy. And, you know, people adjust and, and then they start digging into it more. And you just, you, you always hear a lot of frustration with accuracy levels. And this is the way that you improve that. If you're uncomfortable with the current accuracy levels, if you're uncomfortable with the EPDs that you're seeing, well, we're not going to scrap it and start all over, right? So here's where you put up to make those improvements to the numbers that you're getting. That's exactly right. And and also remember that that the data that I may be reporting will may affect your calves as much as it will my calves. Um, if with the uh, use of AI and with ET and all of these tools that we have available to us that we didn't have 40 years ago, um, it's it's very important that we uh, do our very best. Well, and you don't want somebody else to be the only one setting the tone for your data, you know, so own yours and submit yours. Yes. And and it's very easy to do, but again, it's it'll be on a voluntary basis at this point. Um, that that's been no question from the very beginning. We we looked at breeds that, that make it mandatory, and we're just not ready to do that. We want this to be a, a positive experience and positive program that can move the, the breed forward. Uh, there's one last thing that I'd like to say on this: is accurately predicting the genetic merit of individuals in in a, in beef cattle populations re, relies on three major things: accurate measurements of economically re relevant traits or measuring, accurate pedigrees that account for relationships between individuals in the genetic evaluation. So, parent beach testing is important and records on animals with properly formed contemporary groups. And those are the three factors that that will affect our accuracies and our EPDs. Now we have moved from uh, to IGS. It's one of the best um, 
companies out there to uh, incorporate and to build our EPDs. We have access to uh, 20 different individuals out of 20 different breeds. If, if we have a family tie to say uh, an, a certain Angus bull or a certain Hereford bull, um, that we have access to that now that we did not have before. And so uh, we're, we're dealing with the best uh, company to build our EPDs. Now we need to supply them with the best data that we can offer them to help us. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So if you still have more questions about this or, or concerns or just want to discuss it again, you can hop on the Chronicles Facebook page where we're having this conversation, or I know Mark probably would love to hear from you and you can find his contact information over at the ABHA website. Let me put it this way. If you have a disagreement, call Jennifer. <laughs> if you but like remember, what, I have no power over anything, so if you I like can what ignore you. Said, no, actually, in all, in all sincerity, I am more than willing to discuss this pros or cons. If you have if you have a situation that you're concerned with, you have questions or, or anything that, that may come up as far as whole herd reporting or data reporting, whether or not you agree or disagree with what we're doing, contact me or any of the other members on the committee. Uh, get on, like Jennifer said, get on Facebook on the Chronicles and type your question. I don't get on it every day, but I do visit it quite often, and I see that there's other members of the committee that do. We'll try to answer in the best way we can, but we want people to know and our breeders to know that we value them sincerely. Whether they have one cow or a thousand cows, they're just as important. All of them across the border is important as the next one. We want to know what you want and, and what will help you. Now, if, if whole herd reporting is not your thing, that's perfectly fine. If it is, we want to help you to, to participate and go from there and possibly down the road. If you're against it now, down the road, you may see the benefits and change your mind. And and But we want everybody to know that, that their contribution to this breed is everybody's is important. Here, here. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you taking the time to kind of update us and go through some of what the committee is talking about. I think that's really valuable. And I, you know, I want to commend you with your position on the board that you have shown a willingness to talk to members and to answer questions and to involve the membership. That's not always the case, but you have been very open, even when we don't agree to having those conversations. So just personally, thank you so much for doing the job as it should be done. Well, I, I appreciate that, Jennifer. This is this has been a great experience being on the board. It's a great group of guys. Everybody, whether we agree or whether we disagree, um, it's better that we that we sometimes disagree and and that we can we can uh, voice our opinions. So um this is a good breed. I enjoy this breed and, and I can see great benefits coming from it. So um, I'm sure I speak for the, for everybody. Uh, if you don't, if you don't call us or let us know your thoughts, we can't read your minds. So please call. I'm not against talking to anybody. I'd like to meet as many as I could anyway. So uh, we'll see you. Thanks, Mark. Hey, thank you guys. Take care. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Hereford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.